So to, to be able to immerse back into that environment where I guess putting on a jersey and running with teammates was something bigger than the individual. Um, you know, the, the, the NCAA cross-country season is something special and it's something that I look at and go, I wish we could try to replicate something like that. I know we don't have the population size here in Australia, but yep. you know, our club, whether it's within our club systems, our school systems, um, the ideal that you go to NCAAs and yes, there is an individual winner and yes, there are individual accolades, whether it be all like all, you know, all American and whatnot. It's about you, you finish and you're looking, where's my, where's my number three guy? Where's my number five guy? You know, like, where are we? What's our score going to be? And where are we going to finish inside that top 30? Um, it's, it's all about the team. Um, and yeah. I think that's a, a really good environment. If you can stay in that in running for as long as possible, um, you know, it alleviates some of that individual pressures which and stresses that that individual sports can create. Um, you can heap yeah. so much pressure on yourself. But suddenly if you're doing it with a group of guys that are all working together, um, oh, I think that can often bring out um, the best in, in, in runners. Uh... Welcome to the Run Culture Podcast. My name is Dane Verway. I'm an experienced runner and running physiotherapist. I created this podcast not only so I had an excuse to talk running each and every week, something that I love to do, but more importantly, this podcast gives me the opportunity to interview fellow runners, friends and health professionals in a relaxed and easygoing format. This podcast is designed for the everyday runner, so we can all live, learn, grow and enjoy everything there is to running together. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi guys, welcome back to episode 36 of the Run Culture Podcast. My name is Dane Verway and today I had the pleasure to interview Mr. Jaden Russ. Jaden Russ not only had a distinguished distance running career himself as an athlete, but now as of the last 10 years has been a prominent distance running coach up in the Brisbane, Queensland area. He currently coaches the Brisbane Athletics Academy and in this interview he shares so many nuggets, so many gold nuggets of wisdom. Uh, You can really tell he loves the sport and is passionate, is an avid, avid coach and has learnt so much about the athletics journey from his experiences as an athlete and he really is sharing the experiences that he got and what he benefited from, and he's trying to impart them with his squad. I think this is a fantastic interview on so many fronts. It's one of my favourite ones that I've done from a personal point of view. I just really enjoyed how enthusiastic Jaden was when he divulged and shared his experiences as a runner. I feel like a lot of juniors will find this one interesting, so anyone listening to this, if you know a junior runner that is transitioning into the senior ranks, I really think Jaden has some great ideas on how to help the sport maintain its runners and and keep juniors interested and and develop into senior runners um, in the long term. It's about creating those teams, those team environments and, you know, um, making it fun. So it's a great interview. I really enjoyed it. And yeah, I hope you enjoy it yourselves. Um, I also wanted to just quickly go into uh, the... Pandemic, pandemic that everyone that we're all experiencing at the moment with coronavirus. 
And yeah, so many of us suddenly are in limbo and we don't have our race goals and everything that we've been training for over the last couple of months has seemed to just um, gone, just with a click of the fingers. I urge everyone to just keep keep going and focusing on maybe something that outside of running or if you're going to keep going with running, which I also urge you do because, you know, it's quite safe to just go out for a run in the forest. Um, it perhaps is one of the safest places to go. Maybe you just focus on some weak areas or something that you wouldn't otherwise have focused on. So use this opportunity to focus on a weak area or an area that you otherwise don't do enough of. So whether it's gym, whether it's stretching, whether it's strength, whether it is, um, yeah, going for that speed session or that good training session that you just haven't had a chance to do. Um, use this time when there's no races to to focus focus on that. Um, and, and, yeah, maybe it is um, also, you know, uh, focusing on other things other than running because there's no, no goals. So, yeah, spin it on its head. Use this time as a positive. Stay healthy. Really respect coronavirus because we want to get over this and we want to stop the spread. And, yeah, we want the world to, you know, become a, a safe place again. Uh, so everyone look out for each other and support each other. And, and stay positive. All right. I hope you enjoyed the interview. I'll be back next week. Bye. All right. Welcome back to episode 36 of the Run Culture podcast. Today, I have the pleasure to talk to an uh, outstanding coach up in Brisbane, um, Jaden Russ. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Jaden. Thanks, Jane. Thanks for having me, mate. Looking forward to spending uh, a bit of time with you today. Yeah. Um, Jaden, how did you get into running yourself? Um, look, I think it's like most um, young kids. You know, you're, you're doing everything at school and trying different sports um, and obviously figured out from a young age that running was something I could do reasonably well. Um, and I think it's human nature when you have a little bit of success doing a sport, you naturally gravitate towards it. So I uh, started off uh, just through, through school and did a little bit of early athletics um, and yeah, we're slowly exposed to more and more things. I've probably did a lot of swimming, a bit more swimming when I was younger, uh, figured out I could run, probably preferred that a little bit more and, um, yeah, kind of went through the process of, um, school carnivals and making some regional and, and eventually state teams. And it kind of just took off from there. Yeah. Nice. Uh, did, did you have a coach at the time or like, what was your introduction into focusing a bit more on running? Was that just through the school or yeah so obviously i went to uh, a school up here in brisbane anglican church grammar school and they're a part of the gps sports system so uh, like a lot of the major private school systems in each of the states you, they do have really good uh, sporting systems and competition and opportunities so um, started there i did start with a uh, some out uh, thompson estate a running club went to built balmoral athletics and um, yeah, was first exposed to a bit of coaching with, with Roy Rankin outside of school um, yep. before then fully immersing myself kind of into the, once I got to senior school and GPS uh, and then started working with the coach there, Lloyd Way. So um, yeah, it was a combination of, you know, I, I think seeking out a little bit of coaching outside, but then also taking up the opportunities that exist with, within um, my school. Yeah. And um, was, was it just yourself that, wanted to get into running or were you sort of encouraged by others like what 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 sort of 
made you sort of stick with it and um, really give it a go? Was it because you're good at it and um, and and you sort of always someone really sort of yep. encouraging you to give it a shot? Yeah, look, I, I think I I was fortunate enough. I'm one of four boys. I had three younger brothers. Mum and dad were both. Um, you know, achieved high level sport. Dad played in the AFL for um, the Swans when they were South Melbourne. Mum oh, played yeah. touch, touch football for Australia. So, we, yep. yeah, I've grown up in a in a sporting environment. My three younger brothers all played sport as well. So it was something that we wanted to do. Um, yep. You know, whether it was you know playing rugby league, AFL, swimming, triathlon, running. Uh, you know, we were just looking for something to do. Um, and, and naturally with my running, it was, I'd say it was something that was very driven by me. Um, it was something I really enjoyed. I always loved competing. I think that's one thing if you ask any of my good mates growing up, if they yep. probably said, you know, give me a word to describe Jaden competitive is probably something that would come up pretty commonly. <laughs> um, yep. you know, whether it's a game of marbles or, um, <laughs> or, or, a, or a really important running race I, I wanted to win. And I think even my kids now know. Um, that I coach, um, they'd probably say the same thing. Um, just like, <laughs> I'm a competitive guy, and, and I think running running lended me to that. I, I loved the idea of um, you know working hard and then stepping on a line and, and seeing how fast I could run or who I could beat or um, yeah, just that and that that transitioned across all sports. Um, everything I did, I yeah, I loved the the day you got it got to get out there and and, and compete. So yeah, it was something that kind of organically grew from me. I think it helps when you do have a little bit of success. Yeah, um, it, it helps keep you in the sport, and and look, it was a huge social thing for me. My yep. my best mates growing up were the guys I ran with, uh, whether it was guys at school or the guys from other schools that I that I trained with. I mean, all I can remember from my school holidays was, um, you know, through my through my teenage years was either we would go to running training, whether it was in the morning or the afternoon, and then we'd play as many holes of golf during the day together. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it was training for me was as much as it was a place to go and, and work hard and better yourself, it was somewhere I wanted to go to because that's where I got to, you know, spend an hour and a half with my best mates. And um, yeah, we, we really enjoyed that time together. So yep. uh, which is something that I, I, I valued as an athlete and I certainly have brought into my, my coaching life as well. So look, I, I think that's, that's probably the main reasons um, why it exposes you to opportunities. You know, you got to travel around, around the country and, yep. and meet, meet so many great people. It's, yeah, so I think it was all of those things combined that kind of got me into the sport um, and yep. kept me in there. My parents were incredibly supportive. They gave me every opportunity they could. Um, I think that's obviously a really important thing. Uh, you know, you, you see now some kids um, aren't in that fortunate position where they're going to get those opportunities. So I certainly, I look back on that and everything they did for me, you know, whether, you know, the school they sent me to, the coaching they got me, the driving around all over the place, um, the investment in, money and time um yeah it's they were certainly willing to give me every opportunity which was something i grabbed with both hands nice and what was the i don't know where like looking back on it and it's probably hard to remember but what was the structure like from monday to sunday back then um, yeah what was your routine oh look it's very i think a lot has changed between uh then and now it sounds yep. like i'm getting the violins out like i'm a, a grandpa <laughs> but um you know we the, the kids now have so much access to information and Strava and Facebook and social media. Yeah. I mean, kids, kids now know the session that say one of their rivals has done 15 minutes after it's been completed. I mean, yep. whereas, you know, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, it was, 
you, you, you didn't really know. You just turned up and you, once you got to race day, you found out what kind of form or shape the other person was in. Um, yep. So for me, I probably was on the – I wasn't running anywhere near as much as what the, the kids do now. It was generally speaking, you know, it was the traditional Tuesday, Thursday afternoon, evening sessions and a, and a Saturday session. I wasn't, I wasn't a very big long runner until I got out of school. You know, there might be a Sunday afternoon run that was 45 minutes – you know, so maybe I got to an hour and once yep. I got into the, uh, you know, kind of grade 11 and 12, um, I, I don't, that's not an aspect through high school. This is, you know, this is where I'm speaking right now. Yep. Um, it was probably with my coach, there was probably more of a focus on the quality of the work I was doing, um, not, the, not the quantity. Um, you know, you're able to, you know, retrospectively look back now and think about things that you could have done differently. But yeah, I, I, I look at it and the, the Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday sessions really stick out. Um, yeah, there might have been a couple of easy runs in there, but I was I was doing so much other sport. You know, I I, yeah. I, I swam right through high school. I played AFL. I played basketball. I did triathlon up until the age of 15, 16. So I was getting a lot of my kind of I guess fitness from everything else I was doing. Um, yeah. So I probably didn't need to pick up the running load that say other kids were doing that just ran, or the amount that some of the kids do now. So. Yeah, it was it was very balanced across all the other different sports um, I was doing at the time, and then when it came to actually training, um, the sessions yeah certainly worked worked pretty hard. So yep, um, yeah, I think those those main three sessions scattered with the odd run here and there, but mainly other sports. And, and many of those guys that you used to you know play golf with after sessions um, and hang out, hang out with still still running or um, do you still catch up with them? Yeah, yeah. Look, yep. they're still some of my best mates. Um, yeah. A, a guy that I ran a lot with in high school was was Mitchell Keeley. Um, oh yeah, yeah. You know, we were we we uh, we grew up with very similar interests. He played AFL as a young kid. Um, so did I. He was a great swimmer. We both swam against each other. He was a year above me. Um, funnily enough, he was when he was thirteen. Um, he'd been a really good swimmer, and and he kind of just appeared on the running scene. He's thirteen or fourteen. I think he was probably fourteen. And at the time, he didn't even have a running coach or anything. And I said, Hey, how about you come down here and train with us? And and and, he, and that's where it really took off from him. He then, from 15 on, was you know one of the best. Him and Collis were the best two juniors yeah. in Australia through that era, and obviously both went on to to run at the Olympic Games. So yep. um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, good match with Mitch and and guys like Dan Knox and um, a whole variety of guys that still keep still keep in touch with now. Some of them I lived with after school, um, you know. So it's yeah, they're, they're a great group of guys that. Um, whilst you don't get to see each other as much now, um, when you do, um, yeah, it's 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 still still just the same. So um, yes. I think that's that's something that's the message that I try to pass on to the kids now that I work with that um, to keep that perspective within their running because there will be a time when you're not doing it anymore and and these times and these races that seem so important right now and you might have a bad result but. Um, the friendships and the bonds that you, you create, they'll last much longer than, than any race will. So, um, yep. you know, just make sure you're putting yourself in an environment with the right people that somewhere you want to be. And, um, yeah, you'll end up with some pretty good friendships and memories out of it. Do you reckon having, um, like, Mitch Keeley there um, and then yourself, like, do you reckon that sort of, like, just having that extra, you know, body and friend there doing the same thing that you were doing really helped? I suppose both of you, you know, have a pretty good running career. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because yeah. I, I would do a bit of training outside of school, and then I also had a, a really good coach at school who was who would then go on to be my you know pro, pro, prominent coach, predominant coach um, as I got older. But 
Um, look, the, the, a big part of the success of these guys that I ran with was that we all trained together. Uh, we all knew that we were going to have to race each other quite often, but we were better together. Um, yep. and, and that kind of um, shone through in, in the results. Um, you know, look, I had a fan, the school that I went to had a, we, you know, we at one year um, at nationals in the 1500, uh, third, second, third, we're all from the same school. So, yeah. which is a very rare thing to have the top three 1500 runners from the one school. Um, but it just meant that, um, you know, a month earlier, I didn't get to run at our GPS school meet because at that stage I was the second fastest in our school and only one kid got to run at GPS. So, um, so Matt, Smith, yeah. Matt Smith at the time got to run at GPS. Um, but then fast forward a month, yeah, a month later, we flip flop and I won nationals and he came second. So it's yeah. quite interesting. You don't get to run at your school meet, but you could be national champion one month later. So as, <laughs> as much as that was, uh, it, yeah, it's, it was tough and challenging at times. We were clearly better for better for that. Um, we yep. knew that we could push each other day in, day out. Um, we were all improving. There's going to be times where each of us had, had our race and had our day. Um, and we were really supportive of each other um, in that process, not looking to, knock each other down or, or take each other out. We, yeah, we were looking to, to kind of grow together and be better. Yep. And uh, who was your coach at the time and, and who became your prominent coach? And yep. yeah, what did you really learn from them? Um, at the time, I, the, the, our school coach was, was Lloyd Way. Um, yep. Prior to that, prior to going to, uh, to starting high school, I, I'd been doing some work with, with Roy Rankin. So um in that in that transition, um, Roy was Roy was fantastic to um, you know introduce me to, to running, and then that transition to, to Lloyd being my um, my coach. Um, yeah, you, you, every coach is different. I mean, Lloyd um, was um, you know once he was my um, my coach. I think the the big thing that stood out for me um, with Lloyd he was he had this ability to make any athlete believes they were bulletproof and could achieve anything, uh, which yep. I think is a really important thing that instilling your athlete with a belief and so that they're able to go out there and, and run to their potential or, or, or maybe even increase, increase their, their own potential in their own eyes. Often athletes can, can limit and, you know, put a security blanket around themselves and because they're for the fear of they might not do as well as what they want. Um, you know, Sometimes Lordy would tell me some things that were so ludicrous. You're like, "Come oh, on, mate, that's that's I, I can't do that." But you know, but he was he just really positive. Yeah, just incredibly positive, and yeah. um, you yeah. know, and, and we had a, a really great training environment, and mm-hmm. um, you know, some older guys, some guys my age, and yeah, I think that was a really important thing that um, for a young athlete is to to be in an environment where yeah, it's it's positive. Um, you, you leave training, you know, feeling good about yourself. You're, you're always learning. Um, yeah, but you, I guess you, the, the emotional and social well-being of the athlete is really important alongside what you're actually physically doing in training. I mean, it's, it's all good and well to, to be doing the, the 400s, the 1K reps, the thresholds, all these different training sessions. But if your headspace isn't in the right place, well, you're never really going to be able to utilize all of that. Um, yeah. So I'd say, Lloyd, that was one thing that, um, that really stood out with, with him um, because then the the trust and respect in the relationship was there. I mean, if Lloyd yeah. told me to do something, I would do it. Um, yeah. you know, no matter how kind of silly it might be, it was, it, 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 he had my trust in that relationship, which I think is really important between an athlete and a coach. Um, 
So yep. yeah, that's certainly something that I think stood out in that um, yeah in, in my own athletic career. Nice. And then we're on to like Roy Rankin. Um, yep. Yeah. What What did you sort of um, learn from him, and how was he a bit different? I think Roy's a bit more, a, a little bit more black and white. I think he's probably a yep. little bit more um, direct. He probably didn't have the, the quite the, I guess, the softer touch that maybe maybe Lloyd did. Um, but um, was obviously, I think, you know, very good at structuring his training and, and creating an environment of boys that all kind of got together and worked hard. Um, yeah, so that was kind of growing up through the younger years um, you know, before I got into my later years of high school. Um, yep. So, and I think being able to mix with some some guys from different schools um, in that regard was, you know, I think it's it's healthy not just to stay in the one little bubble of school if you can sometimes. So, you know, being exposed to guys like Mitch and and Werner Botha and these guys that um, you know really kind of push you to that next level. And yep. again, that, it, create, creating an environment at that time. It was a really good environment of guys that were all coming together to work hard, um, which I think is again is a is a really important thing to to have that. So um, yeah, look, we 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 all worked pretty hard together, and and Roy was able to facilitate that. Nice, yeah. Because I remember when I first came across um, you, Jaden. Uh, I remember one national all schools, and you remember what one it was better than me. Um, it, and I, I swear you won three events. You won, I'm pretty sure, the two K steeple. The three thousand and the fifteen hundred in at one national all schools. Do, do you remember that? Uh, yeah, look, it was. Yeah, it's probably through through high school. And I, I look, I, um, um, there was a lot better athletes than me that have come through and and done many different things and stuff. But for yeah. for me on a personal level, yeah, that was a really fun experience. Um, I, I'd never, oh, maybe I had one one in grade nine. I can't remember, but that was I'd never really been a, a track runner. Um, I was good at that point, but. You know, went to, to nationals and yeah, was lucky enough to have a really good, really good three days in a row. They were back to back to back and yeah, um, yeah. I, I I think it was the three k the first day, uh, which I probably thought I was a good chance and um and and won that. And then the steeple the following day, which I was fairly confident. But then the fifteen hundred, <laughs> I, I was pretty much no chance on on paper. Um, yeah, I'd been fourth at states the year before. Uh, you know, I didn't even run at my school meet the month before. Um, generally speaking, at that stage, I was kind of better at the longer stuff with not much. wasn't really known for much of a finish or a kick or a sprint. And but yeah, it is. I think in every in in running, you know, through whether it's juniors or then seniors, you have races that stick out. And that fifteen hundred yep. is is one for me. You know, there was yep. um, yeah, I had nothing to lose. I'd already um, won the races I wanted to win, and I just remember it about four hundred and fifty to go. Um, Andrew Southwell, another guy that went to high school with us. This was the race yep. that where Churchy went one, two, three. Yeah, a, a, yep. gap, a gap opened up on, on the inside of the rail, and I just thought, you know what? I've got nothing to lose. I'm going to sprint as hard as I can for 450 metres. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it worked and, and ended up winning winning the race. So, yeah, look, that was an exciting time. I was pretty young then. I was 15. and um, But they're the things that keep you in the sport. You know, I was yep. at that stage, I was totally hooked. Um, yep. Loved it. Loved everything about it. Um, you know? Anytime a new Nike spike out came out, I was getting it. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I loved I loved everything about it, and that's what I, I get excited when I see you know guys that age now that I coach that feel the same way about the sport, and I can see that passion um, yep. within them. And because I, look, I, I lived that, um, and it, it can it, it can be a really hard sport. It's it's challenging. It's tough. Other kids are doing other things at that age, and it's easily to easy to go do other things. So I think having lived that 
um, to some degree and had experiences similar to these guys, um, it certainly it helps now in my coaching kind of know where they're at through the ups and downs of it. Um, yep. But yeah, look, on a personal level, that was something really, really cool to, to get to have done um, you know, through my kind of high school junior career. Yep. And then um, a few years after that, um, you know, for um, you're going pretty well over the 2K steeple uh, and you, you went to the World Juniors, wasn't it? Yeah, so 2000. Yep. So interestingly, so I graduated high school 2002. Okay. And then 2003, I actually didn't run much. I, like I kept running and training, but um, I made the Queensland under 18 AFL team in 2003 and yep. played in the National Under 18 Carnival, I think, which was the TAC Cup at the time or Teal Cup or whatever it's called. Um, so, so that became a little bit more of the took up a lot more of the time. So, yep. whereas most kids in my position after high school, you know, having, you know, um, you know, in the position I was at that time in running, you, you think at that age you're kind of going right. Well, running's my thing. I'm just going to go do it. I went, no, I've got an opportunity in footy. I'm going to go do that. Yep. Um, so, 03, yeah, played in the National AFL Carnival, um, played senior footy at Morningside, um, did the How'd AFL. How'd you go? Pardon? How'd you go with the footy? Um, yeah, look, it was it was a journey. I mean, because I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd never even played club footy before. I was, I was talented oh, yeah. through a school comp. Yep. Um, and everything escalated. Went to state carnival, um, you know, then made the state squad, then made the final team, um, yep. and, then came back and basically slot into playing um, – State League senior footy in Queensland before I really played any junior footy, um, so it all it all happened really quickly. Um, and at the end of that year in '03, I was basically given the advice: look, um, you know, if we if you if you play another year of footy, yeah, you know, you're not you're not ready to be drafted now. You haven't played enough, but we're seeing things that make potentially if you if you stick at it for another year and play senior footy, um, you know, we could have a serious look at you in the draft the next year. But at that stage, yep. that didn't really mean a whole lot to me. Um, and there wasn't the advice and guidance and AFL academies that there are now. Um, if I'd probably grown up in this environment, I'm guessing I probably would have stayed in footy and given it a real crack. Yep. Um, but I knew juniors was the following year in 04. So kind of towards the end of 03, I thought, no, look, I, I, I kind of always had that on the, on, on the radar. I want to go have a crack at making juniors now. Yep. Um, <laughs> so switch back to, back to more of a running focus again. Um, and yeah, I still remember my first three K steeple because I'd, I'd obviously done quite well over two K. I looked at the qualifying time and thought, well, I'll just extrapolate my two K time out. This should be easy, not a problem. Yep. Um, <laughs> never works like that. And uh, most athletes that try to do that figure that out pretty quickly. Um, it's a totally different event. Um, yeah, so I remember I struggled. I, I, I ran like nine thirty on my first one and thought, oh no, I'm miles off. Um, yep. But it ended up coming down over the next two races i think my third race i ended up qualifying um down in melbourne um yeah and and yeah which was which was really exciting um and then uh yeah i obviously had to win the trial the under 20 trial um and yeah then got my spot on the team and went to 2004 was in grissetto in italy in to the world juniors which is a yeah awesome experience we spent I think about four or five weeks overseas, went to UK, did a test match against Great Britain and then uh, went down into Italy and set up camp before before competing. Yep. Oh, is that where you ran the 2K steeple in Manchester? Um, yes. 5.46 or so? Yeah, yeah. So that was, uh, which is now kind of a funny story in that, um, yeah, so <laughs> went over there and it was, like, there was only four of us in the race and 
Um, yeah, ran, ran 5.46, which was a good PB at the time. And I was yep. in really, really good shape at the stage. And um, I, I was, yeah, really excited to see from there um, what I'd be able to do in, in Italy. But uh, as, you know, most runners kind of know, once you get to that level, once you got over to the, the major championship, um, you know, you, you're in the you're in the courtroom and you're looking around, and there's there's guys in there that have run, you know, eight twenty and eight thirty and all this from from Africa, and yep. and you go out to the race, and it, it, it's tough because it just is an absolute dawdle for the first four or five laps, yeah, um, because no one really wants to take it up, and and then it's a kick down, and and look, I think at that point I was in shape to run a bit quicker than what I did, but you kind of yeah, you, you're back into a corner a little bit. You look back on it and go, should I have just taken the pace up myself? And But you're, you know, you're 18 at the time. And um, your first international competition, you, you kind of go with the flow of the race. And uh, look, I ran a PB, a small PB in the race, but it was a, a you know, one of those races where it was kind of a 1K kick down um, where, I mean, the, the guy who won my heat and then I think I think he won World Juniors that year, then went on to come fourth in the Olympics that same year. So, Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no. The, the funny side to that story is that, uh, or interesting from a personal yeah. level, is that so yeah. I ran five forty six there, and then uh, at nationals last year, a boy that I coached, Patrick Thiggerson, um, so he won the national under eighteen two k steeple last year, and broke the the national meet record, and he came across, yeah. he came across the line in five forty six, and I thought, oh wow, um, that yeah, it was a super impressive run, um, you know, and he's come across, and I thought, oh geez, I think my um. State under twenty records gone here. I think Patty's yeah. going to take the under eighteens and under twenties in in one foul swoop. But um, I managed to hold on by point two five of a second. So so we just have a bit of a laugh now at, at training and whatnot. So um, I, I think I might not let him run another two k steeple ever again until he's over twenty, just to just to keep my moment in the sun alive. But um, yeah, look, it's 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 cool being able to coach a young guy who, who's you know similar in, in in events and seeing him have some some really good success and. Uh, and yeah, it was, it was a great race from him last year. So yeah, that was kind of, I guess the, the journey to, to world juniors and, yep. and that experience and, you know, got yeah. to go on the team with some, some great guys. I think there's, I think pretty much everyone's done competing for that team. Oh, Alwyn Jones is still jumping. He was on that team. Oh yeah. Yep. Um, Ellen Pettit still kind of getting around doing a bit of triple jump. She was a high jumper at the time. Sally, yep. Sally was on that team. She's obviously just retired. Um, yep. I think pretty much everyone else is 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 nearly pretty much done now. So, yeah, it was, it was a great experience. That's awesome. And then around about that time, you was it '03 that you started at the University of Queensland doing a Bachelor of Commerce and Accounting? And yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, yep. I, I'd gone to yeah out of school. I was. Um, I did 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 quite well academically, um, yep. but never really had a direction into what I wanted to do. Um, yeah, I didn't study any business subjects at school. Um, I wasn't much of a science guy, um, you know. And and I kind of at the time just said, right, I'll do a. I so I went with a dual degree. I was doing commerce, accounting, finance, and business management, marketing. Yeah, yep. started up there obviously in '03, and um, that was while I was playing a bit of footy and. And continued through 04 uh, into 05. And and then that was at that point when, because um, I guess once you go to World Juniors um, is when you kind of get exposed, I guess, obviously on that international level and yep. um, started getting a little bit of interest from, from colleges in the US. And 
at that point, it's very different. Now they just, the coaches or recruiters, I'll just send you a message, you know, on Facebook. That's how easy it is. Um, I still remember the first package I got was through the mail, sent to AA, <laughs> who then sent it to me. Yep. And I opened it up and I was like, what the hell is this? Um, <laughs> that, that was literally, um, you know, the, my first experience of it. And then from there, yep. from there, I, I, you know, after coming back from World Juniors, you know, you transition into that open age group in, you know, your first year. And it, yeah, it is really tough as most athletes yep. know. It's, you go from pretty much every race, you toe the line wanting to win or competing or, you know, trying to be at that point of the race to going, oof, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not really relevant anymore and I've got to get back to the grindstone and, and work hard and, and, and spend some years kind of adapting and growing and evolving as an athlete and, cha- you, know, you know, starting to do more and where's my training yep. going to go. And yeah, I think I probably struggled a little bit in that, in that transition phase and what was required. And, and so when the college stuff became an option, I thought, well, maybe I should probably look into this a little bit more. Um, yep. And at the time there wasn't, it's not like it is now. There weren't as many guys going over. I think there was still a little bit of a um, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, you know, the, the thought was that hey, colleges are going to work you too hard. They'll you just they yep. their pound of flesh out of you. Which, uh, I, having experienced it, and uh, I, I don't think that's the case. It might be at some universities, but generally speaking, it was that wasn't my experience. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, so I started looking at it a bit more, and I thought, well, if one school's interested, there's bound to be more, and. Uh, yeah, just I, I did it all myself. I, I got on the email and started contacting all these schools and having Skypes and conversations. And uh, yep. yeah, that, that whole process was really unique and different to what kids do now. I just sat on my computer myself and and, yeah. and did it. Um, yep. And yep. I, I was fortunate enough to have a, a training partner at the time, Alistair Ross, who was going through the same process. And he ended up leaving at the same time I was to go to a school, you know, three, four hours down the road. And um, so we we're kind of doing that together. And yeah, look, I, I was I, I narrowed it down to three schools eventually, and uh, ended up going to, to Iowa State University. Yep. Um, and this is, you know, if you had a, if you had asked me at the start of the process where Iowa was on a map of America, I would have been no chance to point it out to you. So, <laughs> and I'd never and I'd never been to America at all. So it was a big decision. But I thought, you know what, from an experience perspective and running and life in general, it was something that was it was the right time for me to go and do it. Yep. Yeah, um, what what looking back on that experience, like from 06 to 08 at Iowa State Uni, mm-hmm. like what what did you really find really valuable in going over to the US to do college um, instead of like um, staying in Australia? Yep. Um, did it give you a bit more direction or, um, yeah, what did I you think, really find um, you benefited from? Yeah, look, I think it, for me it was uh... – I guess there was a couple of reasons I was looking at it. One was for my running. Yep. I wanted to to change that. I needed a change. I needed a spark. Um, yep. And it was also an, just a, a general opportunity in, in someone's life, you know, for me to get the experience to study overseas, live overseas. Now, I had I had used up some of my eligibility already, obviously, because I'd been at university in, in Brisbane. Um, so I knew I had two years of eligibility. Um so, look, I, I, it was a chance to go and have an experience um, from everything from from the running and the competition and indoor and competing all over America and, uh, and then, you know, going to football and basketball games and, and being a part of this environment where um, I guess I guess the big thing was being back in a team environment, which was something yep. I valued a lot. I think that's – it's why I ran – part of the reason why I ran, you know, you know well at school was – uh, was the identity of competing for Churchy, my school at GPS, and 
they're the memories uh, as a young kid I remember more than the individual wins, you know, yourself at, you know, state and national level um, was those, you know, GPS cross country or track and field meets and getting to put your school jersey on and do it with your schoolmates. That, yep. And look, it's, you go to college, it's the, it's the same, but amplified even more. It's, um, you know, the, the, the question I find, I'm not sure what it's like in Sydney and Melbourne, but, you know, the question, once you leave school and, you know, say you're out and about somewhere, the question that everyone always asks each other is, oh, what school did you go to? And that question pertains to what high school did you go to? People associate yep. that with drawing a connection to, oh, you, you went to that school, you must know so-and-so, or, you know, yep. if you went to a GPS school, that's held in some, you know, higher regard. That's not a question. No one asks in America what high school you went to. It's where'd you go to college, you know? It's, yeah. Yep. It's, it's your alumni and, and, and towns literally do shut down, you know? My, my town was, um, you know, Ames, Iowa, and Iowa doesn't have professional sport. So you're either a Hawkeye or a Cyclone. So University of Iowa and Iowa State University. We hated each other. The, rival, <laughs> the rivalry was massive. Yep. And, yeah, you went to a footy game. There wasn't much else going on in Ames, Iowa, if there was a football game on. Yep. Um, so to, to be able to immerse back into that environment where, I guess, putting on a jersey and running with teammates was something bigger than the individual. Um, you know, the, the, the NCAA cross country season is something special and it's something that I look at and go, I wish we could try to replicate something like that. I know we don't have the population size here in Australia, but yeah, our club, whether it's within our club systems, our school systems, um, the ideal that you go to NCAAs and yes, there is an individual winner and yes, there are individual accolades, whether it be all like all, you know, all American and whatnot. It's about you, you finish and you're looking. Where's my where's my number three guy? Where's my number five guy? You know, like where are we? What's our score going to be? And where are we going to finish inside that top thirty? Um, it's it's all about the team, um, and, yeah. and I think that's a, a really good environment. If you can stay in that in running for as long as possible, um, you know, it alleviates some of that individual pressures, which and, and stresses that that individual sports can create. Um, you can heap yeah. so much pressure on yourself, but Suddenly, if you're doing it with a group of guys that are all working together, um, oh, I think that can often bring out um, the best in, in, in runners. Um, yep. So I think for me, that was a great environment to step back into. I, I struggled at first. Um, uh, it was I probably wasn't placed in the best uh, you know, living environment, um, transitioning across a, a new country, living away from home. It's uh, Everything's new. So you, you've got to that, – that, adaptation to everything you know, your whole world's changed um, they, look there's some sim- absolute similarities um, but to think you're just going to step in there and, and run the best you ever have straight away is a bit naive yep. so, yeah that's what something I tell athletes go over there now it's be patient you don't need to step off the plane and be the best runner on the team um, you know take your time stay injury free stay healthy um, particularly if you're someone that's going to have four or five years eligibility it's it's about you know, where are you going to, where are you going to grow to and, and being patient in that process. So once I, I think I took that pressure off myself through that first year, you know, I found the living arrangements that were really good for me, moved in with one of my really good mates the second year. And um, I really loved my running and the experience of getting to, to travel to these meets, whether it was, you know, Stanford or Mount Sac or um, Roy Griak or, you know, going to national cross country. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was an amazing experience. It's not without its challenges, but I mean that's no different to to running here at home. It's, yep, it's not easy. You're going to get challenges. You're going to have downtimes. It's going to be tough. Um, but you know, once you get over there, that 
um, you, you instantly have a, basically a new family. Your teammates become that support network. Um, they, they, they're willing, they know that you're from the other side of the world. So they pick you up and help you wherever you need to. I still remember when I first arrived, um, it was a real surreal experience. You, you're sitting there and you go, I literally know nobody right now. Um, yep. but the next day, the, the guys who I hadn't met though, to me, they were a face in a, in a pamphlet or on the website. Suddenly they're picking you up, driving you to go get a bed, driving you to go get whatever you need for your house, um, showing you how to get your ID card. Um, so yeah, certainly relish that that uh, team environment that the college provided. Yep. It sounds like um, for you, Jaden, like it really helped fill that gap from juniors to open. Um, like when you're, you know, you're, you know, dabbling with the AFL and then, you, you know, you weren't too sure what to do at uni. Um, and then, yeah, it helped, helped sort of give you that direction. Um, with the, do you think um, back here in Australia, like that's what we have to sort of try to, build on to help keep juniors in the sport like a team sort of the team environment and yeah uh, yeah, yeah that cohesiveness and yeah um, absolutely yeah, yeah. I, that that's probably something i like personally that's what i pride pride myself on as a as a coach and and our training environment that we have um yep i'd like to think that's probably one of the differentiating factors if you say well what's what do you think is different about i guess the way um, you approach coaching or the squad or the team like you know it's um, I've really drawn upon those experiences and and um, it, it's all about the team yes we have our squad we've got some great individuals and some kids that are doing some great things over over the course of of the co- of, of yeah, I guess my coaching career so far but um, that's been born through the group factor uh, we're only yeah. we're only as strong as each other top to bottom you know we, we have guys in our squad uh, girls and guys that are competing for national titles or trying to make Australian teams, but we also have, you know, young athletes that are trying to make their school team. Um, and I think it's, it's really wholesome and healthy that um, these guys get to benefit from each other. Um, you know, our, our, uh, the top guys are, can, can, can stay humble and see how hard some of these athletes are working when they think things are hard for them. You know, it's like, well, Hey, have a look over here. This guy keeps turning up, yep. and, you know, because they just want to achieve their own goal too. So you can help them and they can help you. Um, so I think that that team factor is, is a big, big thing in, in the way I approach coaching. So I've tried to bring that experience from, from college, from you know, the team sports that I've played um, into, into how I approach um, coaching athletics and, and, and particularly you know, in distance running. It's, it's a, it can be a really lonely sport. And uh, you know, like I'm able to, the, at the school that I work at, um, I treat that even, you know, exactly like that. It's it's about how we go as a school. We're the sum of all parts. You know, the the sixth runner is, if anything, is more important than our first runner. Um, so yeah, in in everything I do in all my coaching, um, yeah, I guess I've really brought that college experience through what I do. And and on a bigger on a bigger level, I still think that's what what we should be doing more more as a sport. Um, yeah, be trying to look and and what are we trying to achieve as a as a collective and not working as, you know, yeah, we're, we're squads everywhere and coaches and all that, but how can we move forward together um, instead of often um, trying to go against each other and, and yep. egos getting in the way and, uh, no, I'm not, you know, you can't see what I'm doing. That's my IP, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. We're all yeah. doing really similar stuff and, and yeah. if the sport can keep growing and we're working together and we're all on the same page, um, we're all going to benefit. Um so yeah, if, if I, I guess if, if I'm doing my little part with the, the group that I have, and um, and my guys know that, um, 
is is we're all about that team and, and we're we're in this together. So yeah, certainly yeah. I've, I've leaned upon those experiences. Yeah, and when uh, just finishing off with um, your experience in America, um, so you uh, finished um, yeah your bachelor of um, uh, science in in and then you majored in marketing yep. was it and then yep. um, yeah. With the experience in America, what were some of your highlights, and, and what how is the training different to what you'd experienced in the past? Like, yeah. did you learn much from that? Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think this is where things started to shape for me. Uh, I guess into how I then coached. Um, yep. You know, once I moved over there, I kind of, I think in that transition from being a, 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 a good high school athlete. To then into under twenty, and then that that move into being a really young open athlete, I didn't adapt and grow as much. And you know, I've spoken to my coach now. You know, obviously not recently, but he even said, you know, when he looks back on through that period, um, maybe we didn't we didn't start to change things enough. You know, he uh-huh. kept, kept kind of doing the things that had worked for me as a 15, 16, 17 year old, and and that's not going to work. You have to, you know, does your mileage have to start to increase? are you doing a long run? Are you doing your easy off days? Are you going to the gym? Are you doing all these things? And I probably wasn't. And, yep. and that's why I was relying on probably just my raw yeah. ability and yeah. enough work and, and my competitive nature. I, um, and so when I got to college, you know, it's like, right, okay, we're doing some big tempo threshold runs, <laughs> you know, where we're doing longer reps. We're going for longer runs. The, the mileage is gradually increasing. Um, Yep. Your, your, your S&C is picking up. You're doing that a couple of times a week. Um, the training expectations increase. You know, if, if training starts at, at 4.30 in the afternoon, well, you're not getting there at 4.25. You've got to be there at 3.45 to go see the trainer and roll out and get your stuff ready to be there to start. We're going at 4.30, you know. Yep. Um, so I guess that you, you learn a bit about, um, you know, what's required to take that step as an athlete. So, yeah, I was certainly exposed to things that I – wasn't doing at home. Um, and, I, and I think then as a coach, a lot of those uh, influences, I guess, from a more specifically, what are we doing in training? What, are, what do I do as a coach? Uh, I've, that's where I learned a lot in, in college. Um, so I like to think I've been able to then, I guess, from a training philosophy, take the, um, you know, what we physically do and from a training and periodization and planning for a lot of that from a college perspective and things that I've learned back here subsequently, yeah. um, taking the, the, the personal touch and the ability to, you know, to kind of motivate kids and, um, you know, work on that headspace probably from, from back here in my earlier days with my coach and kind of meld all that together to have a, you know, a, I guess a bit of a philosophy on how I approach things. Um, you know, in terms of, highlights over there yeah. um you know through my experience um from a running sense obviously um you know getting to compete at the ncaa cross country meet which was uh, a really cool thing you know the school that i was at iowa state big 12 school um had, yeah. had a really successful period through the 90s uh, won a national title um had some you know, standout athletes but they'd gone into a bit of a period where they, they hadn't made nationals i think since the late 90s um so we were the first team to do that in about a 10 year period. So it was as much as it was challenging, it was really cool to be a part of a team that had, um, you know, that grew into that. Uh, you know, we weren't, we weren't one of those um, guaranteed locks. And I guess if I look at where Iowa state now is, which is, you know, one of the top five teams in the country and yep. um, some of the best runners going around, 
it's good looking back on that, you know, 10, 15, 10 odd, 15 years ago that our group was kind of the group that I guess started that. Um, uh-huh. And, and they've, I think basically since that year that we first made it, I think they've nearly made it nearly every year now and up to being a contender. Um, so, yeah, yep. I think that was a great experience. Um, getting to race at, at meets like the Drake Relays, um, Stanford Invitational, uh, Mount SAC, um, yeah, all, all those kind of meets and, and just getting to travel it and doing it with your best mates. You know, some of the, some of the guys over there now are, again, you know, similar to the experiences I talk about through high school. You know, I've been back and with best man at, at my mate's wedding, and I just got back from a holiday in, in December where I spent three weeks over in America. Um, yeah, you know, catching up with some of my best mates over there. A group of eight of us that all went to college together on the track team. You know, oh, nice. went skiing in Colorado. So um, the bonds that you form in that experience, because like I said, they become your family. You got no one else over there. Um, yeah, they they all they'll be mates for life. I've had some guys come out and visit me here in Australia, and and likewise, I try to get back there every year or two. So. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think it's that that bigger. Yeah, yeah, some of those on track moments, but um, certainly the um, the the bigger picture stuff and the and the friendships and those memories are uh, is something that that lasts forever. Nice. And um, like I was just looking back at some of the times you sort of got down for like five k. Um, like was it about fourteen nineteen and yeah, so right. I ran. Yeah, yeah. I, ran, I only ran the one five k. Funnily enough, yep. um, at Stanford one time. Um, I think it was my first 5K ever. Again, oh, really? I, was, I, I was limited in um, – I didn't I didn't race that much when I – if I didn't need – if it wasn't something, I guess, what I was working towards. Um, obviously, college is different, but, like, to having, having um, you know, being a cross-country runner right through, you know, school and under-20s and winning national 3K titles and steeples – not running your first 5K until you're a senior, junior or senior in college was, I guess, kind of strange in a way. But, um, yeah, look, I, I ran some all right steeples over there. I just missed out on yeah. nationals one year. Um, um, we just missed out on the DMR indoors where I ran the 1,200 leg. Ran some okay yep. 3Ks. Um, I was really starting to – you need time in college, and that's why, um, you know, I'm – a big advocate for the right kid in the right school to get over there when they're, you know, uh, not long out of high school. Cause you get that four or five years of eligibility. I only had the two and yep. I was really starting my last, the second track season of my last season of eligibility was when I really started to feel at home and started to, to um, see the gains coming through. And then it's like, right, you're done. Um, yeah. Cause it looks like you got your times down, like your 3k yeah, down so, to about 8.14 and you did a good mile. Yeah, like four started around, that, around the 8.14 and we're starting to head down and around, around some good miles and yep. um, and things were starting to track the right way. Um, and that's when you go, right, I can see now I'm starting to get the benefit. And you know, these things take time. And that was my coach, Corey Immels over there. Um, you know, he'd always tell me, you know, you, you, it's, it's time and you got to be patient with these things. And, and, I, and that's when I was now starting to see those results and I was, I really think if I could have had another year or two eligibility like most kids do, I would have been able to, to take that next step um, as a runner. But at that point, it was like the, the rules are the rules and your, your eligibility's up and um, and it was yep. kind of time to go home, which was a yep. hard process in itself. Um, so you just start to, to really feel at home in every regard. Um, so, yep. yeah, from a, from a running sense, it wasn't that I, I don't think, made astrom- astronomical gains as an athlete at all. Um, I, I think I was just starting to when kind of the time was time was up, but 
from the bigger picture and a, and a life experience, it's it's something that I um uh, yeah really glad I, I did it. Um, I was it, you know Iowa is so different to home. We're talking it is like yeah. no other cold you've ever experienced. And <laughs> you tell you tell people that you went to to Iowa State and they're like, man, how did you do that? I mean, we're talking the <laughs> coldest. My coldest day of my life was a long run day, and and Corey, um, yeah. our coach dropped us 15 miles out of town so that we could run back with the wind because it was minus 37 degrees. Oh, cheapest. Um, you know, <laughs> you had a face mask on, a beanie, multiple layers on top, on bottom. You couldn't have any skin exposed because if any moisture or sweat got on the skin, it would freeze instantly. Yeah, you got guys with icicles hanging off their earlobes. If you had a beard, it was totally frosted. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. It was, it, it's something else, you know, that you had to be careful where you're, yeah, you're, we're running down the middle of the road because it's the only bit that's been snow plowed. You know, yeah, the black <laughs> ice, if you, if you step on the black ice, you're going to go ass up and, and be on the ground before you know it. So, yeah, look, at the time you're thinking, what am I doing? I could be at home where it's, you know, <laughs> it's, it's summer right now and, and then head, jump in the beach after you run. But uh, for me, that Especially all Queensland. Up, it all added up to the experience, um, having those moments. And I can tell that story and, Yep. Yeah. When you're living it, you're seriously questioning it. You go, I must be mad to be doing this. But um, yeah, it was, I think that was part of the thing I look back on and go, if I hadn't known all of this before I went to college, I probably wouldn't have chosen Iowa State because I would have been, yep. no, no, I, I would have been turned off by all these things. But uh, in a way, I'm kind of glad I did, obviously, because of the friendships and all those experiences and memories I have now. So, um, yep. and it was such a different experience to home. And, and in a way, I think that was really good. So when you got home, um, looks like um, about oh nine, you, you you used your course that you'd um, you know finished um, and sort of worked in marketing for was it Monster Energy Drink for sort of five years and yep um, and then um, from from there like what sort of sparked the interest in coaching? Yeah, so I got back and again in typical fashion, which is one of the reasons why yeah you, know, you, you like to say you don't look back on your running with with any regrets but I think everyone looks back and says geez I could have done that better or you know that, that probably wasn't the right idea but I was someone that continually flip-flopped between what I wanted to do I, I got back in 2008 um, you know running really well in really good shape but yep. so I got back in July I think it was the middle of the year um, and you'd think the natural thing then at that stage is to right let's get cracking into it track season you know yeah, the summer. No, I went back and played footy again. So I signed back oh, up. Really? <laughs> yeah, signed back up at Morningside Footy Club and <laughs> walked. I hadn't played footy for five years. Yep. Um, and ended up playing senior football that year. Played in that we played in the in the in the grand final. Had a, a heartbreaking loss to Southport. Um, <laughs> and but then but then in typical fashion, two thousand nine said, "All right, I'll go back to running again." Um, <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, yeah, interesting storyline with all of that, but we did pretty yeah, well because I, I got in two thousand and nine. You did a ten k in thirty twenty seven. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah. that's it's just how it was. I never really gave myself a full chance to to run as well as what I could because I never really fully, I never fully committed. I worked hard when yep. I, when I was doing it, but I liked to do other things too much. You know, I didn't. Yep. I never gave myself this big block of work where you're just training and working and not doing anything else and um, just building upon that fitness. Oh, you can't like year can't after play, year. Yeah, you can't go and play you know, footy for this back half of 2009 <laughs> and, and and then think that you're going to just come out and be in better running shape. But I, I, yep. obviously, obviously at the time, that's what I, I wanted to do. So, um, yep. 
yeah, but then obviously, yeah, we came at that time to, to look at, at, at getting a job and um, still not entirely sure. I knew I wanted to work in that marketing space and that business yep. area. And um, yeah, opportunity came up, Monster Energy Drink, which was a huge company in the US, um, was looking to launch in, a, in Australia. And um, one thing led to another and I, I got the gig and it was a unique experience. Um, uh, you know, I got to travel around Australia doing a lot of events-based work and running a promotional team. Had had a few a few athletes actually work for me. Um, I had Chris Nofke, Sam Baines, Henry Frayne, all working for me as promo boys at one point. Oh, um, nice. <laughs> heading out in the uh, in the girl uh, in the car with the girls slinging some drinks. So look, it was <laughs> it was uh, yeah, it was, it was a fun time. Um, you know, it's yeah, spent four and a half years doing that. Uh, but it was uh, yeah, and then and was still running at the time, two thousand and ten, two thousand and eleven. Um, we're still running just locally doing stuff. Um, can't remember what year, I think one year I made a national 1500 final, but again, was doing, doing enough to run. Okay. But not enough to really try and make the next jump. I think in my mind, I'd kind of decided that, um, written myself off that I wasn't good enough to, to do that. So I think yeah. I was doing enough to, to win some local road races and go a ride at state level and be okay going to nationals. But yeah, it just wasn't. And I don't think ultimately I wasn't good enough anyway, but um, wasn't doing enough to find out truly what I could run. Yeah, I've got um, here in, in 09, you still ran a 347, 1500. Yeah. Uh, 2011, you, you still ran an 824, 3K. Yeah. So I was just doing bits and pieces at that stage. Yeah. You know, I think the, uh, a good mate of mine, Peter Bock, who's a coach up here as well, we both, I think that was the year we both made the 1500 final. And we often yep. joke about that. I think that was when I ran in the 347. Yeah. And I, so that was in, that was yeah, 09. And so that was, that must've been, I don't know what, February, March or whenever nationals was then. And I just played footy the back half of 2008. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I was still trying to probably do it the way I'd done it when I was younger. Uh, and look, yep. um, I can look back on that. It wasn't that I didn't work hard. When I did, I did. It's, I just probably just didn't do enough of all the little things and all the long runs and the mileage and the, consistency and you know you look at what the really successful runners you know what they do is they just string week and months and year after year and it enables you to get to a level that you can do these things and um so i probably didn't um never really did that um yep. yeah from a, from a work sense um yeah look that was a great experience but i i always knew once i left college that i wanted to coach i didn't know uh-huh. when i didn't know how much but it was something that interests me i'd I'd helped out my young, youngest brother a bit when he was in school and, and really enjoyed that. And so I had done a little bit with my old school, but not a great deal. And uh, an opportunity came up at, at St. Aidan's here uh, to be head coach of cross country and, and track and field in 2012. And um, was fortunate enough to get the opportunity to, um, to take on that role, which kind of really kickstarted things from a coaching. That's where it all started. Um, yep. Took over a program um, that was rock bottom. They, you know, okay. within the, within the girls, they're, they're in the, you know, I guess the top tier girls private school system up here, QG, triple SA, and uh, not known for their sporting prowess, particularly running. So, uh, which was, which excited me though. Like, I, I think it's, it's cool to take over a program that you get, can then create something rather than take over something that's been already built by someone and you've just got to keep doing it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was really exciting. Um, was kind of fortunate enough to find a couple of athletes there where um, in Matty Atley and Aaron Sundstrom, who 
were kind of running around doing bits and pieces. Maddie was trying to run 1500s and 800s poorly, but thought, <laughs> thought she was a distance runner. Eventually, I kind of convinced her, I think we could go all right at the 400. Um, yep. And then, you know, you fast forward from that point, uh, you know, 18 months, two years later, she was um, national 400 meter champion and um, ended up nice. being Queensland champion over 100 and 200. So we totally converted her to a sprinter. Um, and Erin yep. was, was the same thing. She's, you know, state and national finalist, um, you know, in the 400. And, um, and from those two girls, it, kind of that's where it started two athletes and funnily enough um i started off with a sprint squad so <laughs> um you know, yeah you have a bit of success with a couple of athletes um and then a couple of athletes within the school started to improve and all of a sudden you know i had four girls in the state 17 year old final in the hundred from the one school uh so we had this great program um that we'd built uh, built around a sprint squad and and i think when in terms of where I look at my coaching now, it was such a valuable thing for me to have yep. to delve into an area which I hadn't, I hadn't lived as an athlete. So yep. distance running came naturally to me. I, you know, I've lived it, I've seen it. Um, whereas now I had to go and learn and observe and read things and learn from experience and trial and error and do all these different things. And um, I think it's made me a much better coach now having yep. had a, a sprint squad has been my predominant focus for my first few years of coaching. Uh, yep. It wasn't until a few years later that I was then able to start having some success in the distance area and really start to build up upon the athletes that were in my squad and start to have some really good success there. And yeah, so, so from 2012, it, it started. And then you know, 2013 around there, I thought, you know, look, I'll, I'll start to coach a few kids to do some stuff outside of the school space and, um, yeah, from, from that kind of, I guess, your yeah, small, humble beginning, it, it, the, the, the group started to grow um, and, and evolve into what it is now. What are some of the things you learned from the sprinters? Um, was it more tech, technique and um, power and drills? And, yeah, um, yeah, ab- um, absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, I think a, a, few big, a few things you mentioned there that are, that are really important. I think, you know, often distance runners just associate success with how hard am I working and how much am I doing? Um, yep. we, we don't often look at, well, could I be more efficient in what I'm doing? Could the, could the, um, what I'm inputting, the output that I get back, could, could there be more? Can I, you know, not have to do so much? Can, where can those, where can that extra 1%, 5% be found? Not necessarily in putting an extra 30 minutes on my long run. It might mean, you know, where is my foot placing on the ground? What am I doing with my upper body? You know, how's my posture? Where's my core strength? Um, all, all these different things that, Sprinters spend a lot of their time doing. Um, now, it's not to say in, in distance running, there's, you know, you, you watch, there's so many different ways people run and there's no perfect style. Like we, we may think there is, but there's many ways to skin a cat. I mean, um, you can see that just watching um, yep. you know, a 1500 final. But there are ways within everyone's running style where we can, without totally changing your natural form and gait, that we can be more efficient. So, you know, I... I think certainly from the, the sprints coaching perspective is, is that looking at how we move. Um, and the other thing is, is just that you know, every runner needs to be fast. You're not going to win anything. If, you, if it's going to be hard to win things, if you don't yeah. have a change of pace or some form of speed. And you know, I think the notion of speed is often a misused word amongst distance runners. You know, I hear all these young kids, oh, I don't have speed. Uh, what does that mean? You know, it's just because you can't run a fast hundred meter fresh doesn't mean that, 
you know, you don't have the ability to be quick at the end of a race. Um, there's so many different factors that go into that and, um, yep. and trying to educate kids on that process. I think yeah, too often they just think, oh, I can't win that race if it's run this way. Well, why not? Or what can you do to change that? Um, yep. So, yeah, I, I think um, it opened – it was a great experience for me as a coach to open my eyes to all the different things that can go into coaching and then bringing them into to, uh, you know, coaching distance athletes as well as um, why aren't we looking at those things and what, what are the other areas that we could, can be working on to improve. Nice. And um, so now, how's your distance running squad looking now? Like um, how many have you got and sort of what ages and what distances are they all training for? Um, yeah, look, it's, um, I was fortunate enough from 2016 to, um, to, to now, or 2015, I guess, onwards to um, have a really, really special group of kind of um, distance runners, uh, female distance runners that, that were in the group. Um, yep. A lot of them are off are at college now. Um, you know, had some great success with uh, Montana McAvoy, um, Lara and Lucinda Crouch, Claire O'Brien, um, Cleo Ozane-Jarks came down and worked with us um, for a while um, when she moved down from Cairns before going to college. So, yeah, we, we had this pretty special group of girls um, through that period um, who are all, you know, all those names I just mentioned, Barlara, who's now about to start med school, um, are all yep. over at college. So, yep. you know, I you know, talk about, you know, ties in with some of the stuff we are talking about before is that you do, you, you work with these athletes and, and have some great success. And, yeah, on a personal level, you can say, oh, I would love to keep working with them and see what we can achieve together. But, um, you know, if it's the right school for the right kid, you know, I can't provide them with the resources and the education and the flights around the world and the gear and all these things that, that, that the American college system can get. It's not that they're going to get better coaching or necessarily that they couldn't run fast here. They're just not going to get a lot of what they can get, get be given over there. Um, yep. So they're, look, they're, they're really enjoying that experience over there. Um, um, in terms of where the group's at now, I have a, a, a junior and a senior group, um, so, you know, I'm a, a big one for, you know, keeping it age appropriate. Um, so, yeah, I, I have a, a younger group that's more that d- developmental. Um, so they, they're going to train a certain way. The sessions are shorter. So, and then I have a, a more senior performance group, which has my higher end um, older high school kids into my kind of university open age athletes. Um, yeah, so there's, there's some really exciting kind of um, prospects there. You know, the fact that I now work at, at Brisbane Boys College, um, it's like anything. When I started at St. Aidan's, my, my squad was probably 75, 80% girls at the time. Now that I'm at BBC, it's probably, it's predominantly boys, you know, which you have success at a, a school level like we're having at BBC. You have some great individuals within that. Um, your, your squad outside tends to grow from that. Other boys want to join and be a part of what you're doing. Um, you know, um, Pat Sigerson and, and Flynn Pumper, um, they both won national titles last year on the, on the track and, perform well at cross country. Pat's looking to go over to college in August. So hopefully we get that lockdown soon. Um, you know, you know, boys competitive and, and girls from, from 800 to, to 5k in cross country, which makes it exciting for me as a coach. I really enjoy the, um, the, the, the variance yep. and the versatility within training within these different sub subgroups within the group where we're definitely not a, a one size fits all. You, you come uh-huh. to our training of a night, there's going to be potentially five or six different things going on. Um, which is which is challenging from an organisational perspective, but the guys know that, and the guys and girls know the groups they work in. They know that's how we operate. Um, they're always going to have people to work with and push each other along. 
Um, but it's going to be training that's relevant to them. Now, there's always going to be crossover points. You know, there might be one session a week where we're all in doing the same thing, um, but it does shift and change depending on how old the athlete is and what they're actually preparing for. Um, uh, Lily Dalton and Sammy Phillips um, have been going great guns there. They were both set to go to World Uni Cross Country in Morocco, but um, two days before the, the they were set to go, um, that was cancelled. Um, which was which was pretty heartbreaking for them. They were they were really looking forward to that trip, and we were ready to run really well. Um, yeah, and, and just a, a whole group of athletes that um, young ones that are coming through that kind of high school system and and getting to you know their senior years and transition to uni. Um, yeah, it's really exciting. Look, I I um, enjoy working with them. Like I said, it's it's a great team environment. We've got a really good support network. Um, uh, look, they, they love it. I, we, yeah. we create an environment where it's they want to be there. Um, it's a huge social pool for them. They love it. Um, they work hard together. Um, so, look, yeah, and, I, and that's, that's why I, I love turning up as well. Uh, I know that I'm going to have a group of athletes that want to be there. They want it. They want to be as good as they can be, and, and most of them, for the most part, are willing to do that. So, um, yeah, I, I guess it's I'm a really big one for kind of educating and empowering them about being a part of the process with that. Um, it's not just me there telling them what to do. It's it's trying to get them to understand why we do what we do, buying into that process, and um, you know we're 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 all in it together. Yeah. Um, I think that's a really important thing. Um, I yeah, there's no point in athletes turning up and just yes. doing, running around in circles if they don't know why they're doing it or, or what it's all for. Um, and and just and educating the athletes too. Uh, um, you know, having more than one race plan. How can we win this race? Teaching them, learning just constantly learning new things. Um, it's not just a matter of running as hard as you can and going out and then racing. Um, yeah, there is a simplicity. There is absolutely a simplicity to running and the purity of it. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a start and a finish line and a stopwatch and it can be easily defined, but um, it's, it can be very complex though. It's challenging mentally. And so I guess it's kind of delving into that with them and um, you know, being there to support them through, through those times. It's easy to be there yeah. for, it's easy to be there for athletes when all things are going well, um, but it's not always like that. So it's my job to be there for them when um, the times are, are kind of the, the toughest for them. So, yeah, look, we 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 trying to we, we train pretty much you know year round, and kids have breaks at different stages depending on kind of how old they are and where they're at in their season. And um, no, that's great. And um, yeah, if someone um, was yeah, we have you, a lot know, of fun with it. you know in Queensland and they were interested in like contacting you, um, or you know there are you know, keen, keen, avid runner, what would you sort of suggest that they, they do? Um, yeah, look, we're, we're based out at, um, we do pretty much all our sessions out of university of Queensland. Um, we shift around from time to time that's communicated within the, within the group. Um, so yeah, easiest thing I would say is you can just jump on Facebook or Instagram and contact us through there. We don't, we don't go out, you know, uh, looking yep. for anyone. If you if, if if it looks like an environment that you want to be in, and yep. um, you've got you know you, whatever your running goals may be, um, we're certainly a very welcoming running environment. Like I said, we've um, you know we've we've got from those girls that were getting ready for for world unis, and but uh, they're warming up and warming down with you know girls that have been away from the sport for three yep. years and just ran at their first state title again, and are stoked to be doing that. It's um, yeah, I, I guess I think that's another thing I pride myself on is the group um, that, that they're able to work in together like that. It's not it's not an elitist environment. Um, 
you know, people get to see each other working hard no matter who they are or what they're preparing for or where they're at in their running career. So um, uh, obviously within that, then they're able to separate and, and work within their own levels. But um, yeah, certainly if, if, yeah, if you want to be part of a fun environment where yeah. we all work hard, push each other, but really enjoy it and have a bit of a laugh along the way and, um, and no, that, that's team, great that's, and um, that's who we are so yeah, Jaden, yeah, more than I've been so appreciative of your time I've just got one more question and I think you've kind of covered it like your coaching philosophy um, yep. it, it seems like um, from your experience and as an athlete it's really about just um, yeah one of the aspects of philosophy is trying to yeah create that good team environment so that everyone enjoys it and, and sticks with it um, uh, what what other things um, would you sort of um, say part of your coaching philosophy? Like, I suppose, do you, have you also um, do you, have you also sort of added in you know the extra runs to the athletes that you felt like you weren't doing when you were going through it as a junior or or stuff like that? Uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, some of the things that I've that I've already mentioned and that you kind of um, summarised there too. I think you know, even to to kind of reiterate that it's yeah well, what is my philosophy well you know i think in a in a broad sense it's sense it's it's being able to provide an environment for the athletes where you know where they they feel feel safe and comfortable and it's uh somewhere they want to be and and they're there with their mates and really turning an individual sport into a team sport um you know from a running sense i, I don't try to reinvent the wheel um you know it's it's you know we know the things that work from a training perspective you know i try to keep my guys fit kind of year round and at the appropriate times it's like you know, I, I certainly I think the, the art of coaching um, yep. you know is being able to get your athletes to peak at the right time I think that's one thing that coaches certainly do find challenging and I try to to really work on is that um, is that they're, that they're going to be running they're going to be running their best when it matters the most um, so I, I think from a philosophical point it's yeah it's what we do is, hey, you're going to have some racing sometimes where you're not quite right, but we're probably training through that and working on things to ensure that yep. yeah, you, you're going to be you're running at your best when it matters the most. Um, I like to keep things interesting and dynamic. I don't do, you know, the, the, what we're getting out of the sessions might be, you know, same from an energy system perspective, um, but I may change elements within the sessions or, you know, instead of being distance-based, it might be time-based, it might you know, split the time up into different um, amounts each week, just so that the yep. athlete isn't always getting a little bit bored and mundane with the same thing all the time. Um, we're getting a very similar benefit, but um, yeah, try to um, yeah, yeah, keep that, keep it interesting, I guess, to a degree. Whilst also, you know, always challenging your athletes, um, you know, making sure that they they do feel like they're 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 going up in in levels and uh, and progressing, and you can do that, like you said, through. Over time, you know, I'm probably on the conservative side when it comes to, to mileage, particularly while they're younger. Yeah, um, less is more. You, you can't get you can't get hurt doing less. <laughs> um, you can you can doing more. Um, so yeah, it's just gradually over time, and that allows for that growth and allows for that. Where are you going to get to? Because you know, an athlete's at the ceiling already at 16, 17 doing these things. Where are they going to go to? Where have they? What, what's the next step? What do you just now run three hours long? That's um, so I think it's allowing for yep. that growth, whether it's with me still or whether it's at college or whether it, wherever it may be with their running, that they've still got room to improve. Um, I don't need to get every drop out of the orange right now. Uh, I want to get enough that they're tasting some success and enjoying and it's keeping them in the sport. 
but every year we're able to keep coming back and, and keep changing things and keep growing and adding that extra little run in or it might be that extra rep on a session or another 10, 15 minutes to your long run. Um, yeah, so I think from a philosophical sense, yeah, that's the way I approach it. Um, very age appropriate and yeah, just making sure they're, they're happy. You know, if an athlete's happy and it's where they want to be and um, they're able to get through those tough times and, um, and hopefully come out the side and, and keep improving and getting better and keep coming back to training and, and wanting to compete. So, um, yeah, I, I think, again, <laughs> no, that, and around like, that way, I reckon work, um, this has been, you know, I've really liked this interview. It's been one of the best ones yet. Um, like so many pearls of wisdom um, uh, and so much that um, so many um, athletes and runners can learn from um, and really take on board when they're, you know, going through their career and, and particularly that transition from, you know, a younger athlete to a, a senior athlete. Yep. And um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been excellent. Um, I'm, I'm just yeah. wary of, you know, holding you up any longer, but like, thanks so much, Jaden. If anyone wanted to, you know, look you guys up on social media, like what yeah, should they type in like your group? Yep. Um, look, yeah, mate, we're on, on yep. Facebook and, and, um, and, and Instagram, just Brisbane Athletics Academy. So you punch that in, um, yeah, chuck us a follow. If you ever have any questions or anything, people Beautiful. are welcome to All right, fire thanks away. so much, Jade. Um, you'll, you'll find us there. Awesome, mate. All right, see ya. Cheers, Dan. Appreciate your time, mate.